to now try this the podcast where nick ignores my countdown entirely and continues having the conversation we're having off screen guys we got a special treat for you hello welcome to the podcast i am nick that beautiful bastard over there is marcus say hello marcus hello good job you're crushing it guys this is now try this we're best friends and we try shit that's the show and because uh, that was, that of circumstances, so good. I feel like a lot of times succinct. I have a hard time describing the show to people, and people are like, "Oh, what is your podcast?" I'm like, "Well, you know, uh, we talk about men's rights and stuff like that." You know, no, like, no, 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 no. Walk it back, walk it back, walk it back. Not the time, not the time, not <laughs> the time, the not podcast? the time. There is too much going on in right wing circles right now for us to like even pretend to dip our toes over there, boy. <laughs> Guys, we got a special treat. October is done and gone, but circumstance. From our lives, mostly sickness, have caused us to delay this challenge. This challenge mm-hmm. that is Marcus is to me. This challenge that is spooky. This is scary. That is thrilling. Guys, Spooky Boys Month is here for one more week. Welcome to it. Welcome to our horror time of the month. I left my spider webs and my orange light up. I noticed that. Not because I'm lazy. No, I knew it was still intentional. Spooky Boys Month. Mm-hmm. I knew oh, it was intentional. I didn't light up my pumpkin. Hold on. Lighting up my pumpkin. Nice. Uh, oh, looks good. Ah, like uh, in the chat is asking, "Where is my beard?" Uh, I shaved because to honor our challenge this week, the lighthouse. I looked for a captain's hat and I couldn't find one. Oh, uh, did you really shave for the lighthouse? I don't believe you. No, I did not. But okay. you're supposed to. That's not how this. You're supposed yes, to say yes. Yes, and, and yeah, you're crushing, it. crushing. It. <laughs> Guys, this is now try this. This podcast you can reach every week. You can join our community. You can leave us reviews, all that good stuff. But the real place, the real place to join us, the real place to be a part of us is at patreon.com slash now try this cast with a small donation. You can join the Patreon and every month vote on one of the tries that we have to do. That's right. This podcast is one best friend or another best friend challenging the other best friend. But when you join the Patreon, you become our best friend and you get to challenge us. And if you submit $5 for the Patreon, you actually get to submit what we are going to try, just like Fear God of Death did. And he won this month. And next week we are doing Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. I'm very excited about Chainsaw Man. Is that Man. how the theme goes? Chainsaw Chainsaw I want you to know man, he rides uh, around with the chainsaw hand. Chainsaw man, chainsaw man, he's got a chainsaw hand and a chainsaw pants. Chainsaw pants? No. Sorry. He he might have chainsaw pants. I haven't seen it yet. But we'll watch that next week. Do you know how much we're watching? Uh I think currently there are four episodes out, and next week there will be five episodes, so somewhere between one and five. <laughs> <laughs> let's say four at the okay. least okay we'll do four at the least guys do all those things join the patreon join us marcus we've been out a couple a couple weeks hot dog daddy doggo what's uh what happened last week that people missed what uh what was our episode why should people check that out 
last week. Which episode are you talking about? The word earlier or the Halloween ends? What? The Halloween ends. Where we had a guest uh, and it was yes. a big deal. And making yes. sure people go check that out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember. So last week we did a special Halloween stream in continuing with tradition on the podcast. We finished the trilogy and hopefully it's only a trilogy of Halloween movies. And we watched Halloween ends. We were joined by special guest Dan Drambles, who is a very good YouTuber who I am a fan of, and I believe Nick is as well. I'm the one who told you to get him. <laughs> nope. Whoa. You introduced me to him. You okay. he was he okay. Okay. You're the fan. Okay. You're the OG fan. Okay. You're the OG fan. Okay. <laughs> and guys who tuned in that episode thank you so much sorry there wasn't audio but it is up on podcast feeds now and it will be up everywhere else I, soon i removed it from the twitch so it should not yeah. be visible on twitch to anyone so if you were there live you saw our major fuck up but afterwards no more so we're gonna re-upload it to twitch oh question from the fans for you guys mostly marcus i thought i was gonna ask would you guys be interested in us rebroadcasting streams because i don't know if you noticed we are here tuesday this week and we will be here tuesdays going forward because some cool cat on the podcast now has a show on Thursday nights where he performs over here in New York City. You guys can come check it out. TheMagnetTheater.com. Yes, thank you very but, much. I have a show at the Magnet Theater. <laughs> it's a one-man show called Marcus Does What? Where I do wild and crazy things every Tuesday night. And then the uh, and you when you walk on stage, you just put your arms up and the whole audience goes, Marcus Does What? Yeah, yeah. I do like Hulk Hogan. I just kind of like do one of these. Yeah. And uh -huh. they say, Marcus does what? And yeah, it's fantastic. That's, Marcus, you can put that show in New York City easy. <laughs> easy. I would love to see it. It would be uh, fantastic. But guys, we will be at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays going forward. But if you would like a rebroadcast or something on the Thursdays that we usually have of last week's episode or something like that, let us know. No, let us know what you want. Let us know what you want us to do different. You want us to you want us to do this every day of the week? We'll do it. But y'all have to join the Patreon so we can quit our jobs. Patreon.com <laughs> slash now try this cast. That's the only way. That's the only way. Thank you for the mustache pops. Well, guys. Mustache compliments. Today. Listen, there are people that are listening to this on their podcast feed and have and aren't turning in tuning into twitch.tv slash not try this cast or looking on youtube.com slash not this cast. <laughs> but those people that don't get to see it don't see my beautiful new mustache i have grown for which is kind of a misnomer because you don't grow the mustache i shaved everything else mm. besides the mustache I and mean, you grew the mustache at some point in my life at some point yes. in your life it was grown on your face yeah can you ever okay. can you know can you do you realize that every time you you grow your beard out you're growing a mustache yeah think about that yeah yeah, yeah. I did shave like this for Top Gun, Darren. Thank you. And Nick Mason in the chat. It is hot. Yo, honestly, real talk. I looked in the mirror when I first did this and I got uh -huh. my haircut and I looked and all I could think of was 70s porn star. And I was all for it. I was like, you know what? 70s porn star. That's, uh, that's the new Nick uh, 6.0 over here for, uh, for November. Nick, your confidence <laughs> levels are wild sometimes. They're like this. <laughs> And I don't understand it. Because <laughs> I was calling myself fat right before we started. Uh, yeah, and here you were I'm looking calling at yourself, myself a sex like, guy. Oh my God, I'm so disgusting. Oh my God. And then now you're like, I wanted to fuck myself. I looked so good. <laughs> Almost like people with really so, low <laughs> self-esteem have a lot of bravado and bluster. 
Marcus, before we get to what are we doing? The, the lighthouse. lighthouse. Have you tried anything new? Have I tried anything new? Nick, uh, I did try something new. I got my wisdom teeth removed. All four of them <gasps> at the same time. They're, I'm assuming, in my dentist's collection of teeth. Because you, I feel like I... You didn't get to keep them? I didn't get to keep them. I, I was, what? I wanted to ask, but my mouth was full of blood. So I, I didn't have a chance. Bullshit. That is straight up bullshit. You what? should keep the wisdom teeth. One of the teeth. We could have given them away as prizes. That's weird, but yes. You could have <laughs> turned them into dice. That's better. That I would love that. I, you know, I yeah. want bone dice more than anything. Yeah. Uh, one of the teeth had an extra root. Oh, oof. Which was weird. I had a weird mutant wisdom teeth tooth. And the dentist, as Darren is saying in the chat, uh, kept talking about how big my teeth were. He's like, your teeth are so big, which I feel like. I mean, not to brag or anything, but like, thank you very much. I do have big teeth and uh, we can start an OnlyFans for my teeth <laughs> if you want. All I can imagine now is the fact that you have big teeth just also means you have a big head, which you do. I do have a big head, but it is, on a, I think on it's proportional with the rest of my body. A hundred percent. Yeah. But if you just cut off your head and put it next to a whole bunch it's of heads, people will be like, fuck, that's a fucking big ass. It's a big head. <laughs> it's a big, big head, big brains is what they say. I don't think anyone says that. I don't think there's a single person that says that. <laughs> Literally, dinosaurs had the biggest heads, and their brains were... <laughs> Nick Mason says, I wanted there's to There's so many people asking me, because how shit. big are your teeth? How big are your teeth? I don't know. Hold on. Let's see if I can, uh, let's see if I can get in there. Holy shit. Look at those uh, for, chompers. For, for scale, what, here's my pinky. I have a big... I don't know. I have a big... Pinkied also. You also have a big pinky. Your pinky's bigger than mine. Holy my shit. My pinky is Look huge. Look at your pinky compared to mine. It was fucking huge. That's a big <laughs> ass pinky. Holy shit. Marcus, I've we got... need to move on because I'm enthralled about your pinky. Honestly, Tuesday nights are better already. Look at the chat. This is so many people. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Marcus, okay. this week we are doing The Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. What is The Lighthouse and why did you give it to me? Uh, the Lighthouse is a 2019 film directed and produced by Robert Eggers from a gross. screenplay he co-wrote with his brother. Nepotism, gross. It stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson as 19th gross. century wikis, lighthouse keepers, <laughs> in turmoil after being marooned at a remote New England outpost by an intense gross. storm. Gross. The film categories are... <laughs> Okay, stop. <laughs> Horror, psychological thriller, and survival. Pretend like you're good at this because you are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm a little bit rusty, okay? We've been out for a couple weeks. The lighthouse first emerged from Max re-envisioning of <laughs> In 19... In, here's the plot. In the 1890s... <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Marcus... So this this film is a little older. It's uh, three. It's not. It's it's fairly newish. It was pre-COVID three years mm -hmm. ago. It was a big deal when it came out, but it, nobody nobody's hankering or talking about the lighthouse. Marcus, why did you give me this film? Nick, I gave you this film because it is for I, we were doing Halloween films, and I had given yeah. you a choice. I said we can get something critically acclaimed or something uh -huh. funny and silly. Yeah. You chose right. critically acclaimed. So this I, I is did. your fault that we're no, doing the lighthouse. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> to, be, to be super, super specific sure. and nitpicky, okay. ultimately the choice became between critically acclaimed or wolf cop. 
<laughs> and with those two Which options, was also critically acclaimed. I do want to put those, that up there. With those two options, it seemed like easy layup to not pick Wolf Cop. Well, I guess we'll learn later at the end. I'll add on a bonus question. Would you have rather watched Wolf Cop? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe that'll be a question going forward forever. Will you have rather <laughs> watched Wolf Cop? Every week, can you just give me the option of what you're going to give me and Wolf Cop? <laughs> yeah. Every week, it's a, yeah. the other option mm -hmm. I always pick. Yeah, it's very good. Wolf Cop is a fantastic movie. We get t-shirts to say fill in the blank or Wolf, Wolf Cop. Cop. There you go. But the reason I gave you this movie is I watched it. It took me a long time to watch it also. I, I wanted to see it in theaters because it seemed like my kind of film. And then I just missed the opportunity to. And so I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll watch it later. And it kept being later and later and later and later. And eventually I just watched it. Did you watch it over COVID with the time? With the extra I time? don't, I think so. And I loved it. It just like was beautifully shot. And I'm going to be honest with you. First time I watched the movie, I didn't get it. Do I get it now? Probably not really, but we'll talk about it. But I just <laughs> loved the cinematography. I thought every yeah. shot was gorgeous. And I thought the style of choosing to do it in black and white was really interesting. And a lot of the imagery that we'll talk about later. Also, I just was like captivated by it. And yeah. that's it. I just I found myself absolutely loving this film and the, and the way it was presented. And even though I didn't necessarily fully understand it, I really, it really resonated with me. It felt like watching a, a play on screen and not a lot of movies can pull that off while also delivering some sort of like some psychological horror Cthulhu inspired horror spooky elements in there as well. Yeah. I missed the boat on this movie, Okay, but I was in the same boat as you. Uh, this was the time that I was watching a lot of movies, but it also came out. If I don't, if I remember correctly during award season movie time, Yes. So, I mean, what else? I, I'm going to check while we're talking. What else came in? Uh, 20, uh, nineteen. Uh, yeah, because I, I just I wanted to see it in theaters as well. I missed the boat. Oh, yeah. Green Book. I watched it in theaters. Bohemian Rhapsody. I watched it in theaters. The Favorite. I watched it in theaters. Black uh, Clamon. Watched it in theaters. Black Panther. Watched it in theaters. Starborn. Watched it in theaters. Those. Wait, no, that's not. Wait, that premiered in February 2019. No, no, no. I want 2020 Oscar <laughs> nominee, right? <laughs> Oscars are so confusing. Do I put in? I don't know at all. What? But was the Lighthouse nominated for something? 2019 Parasite. Yes. So this is the so Parasite. This is the season. Parasite. Washington theaters. Ford versus Ferrari. Washington theaters. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Jojo Rabbit, Marriage Story, Little yes. Women. I watched all those movies. Parasite, it was yeah. A heavy, it was a heavy season for films, so I just... Oh, yes, Wolf Cop sure does have a sequel. Wolf Cop, so even the sequel if I do, is even better than Wolf Cop. Even if I do pick Wolf Cop on your either or mm -hmm. asks, the joke can keep going because then it's Wolf Cop 2. Yeah. But in that year, in that end of the year season, there were just so many movies come out and this seemed artsy and like a hard watch. And yes. after a long day's work, do I want to watch this or do I want to watch Little Woman? Do I watch this or 1917 or uh, A Marriage yeah. Story or Jojo Rabbit? I always opted for the other ones. Um, so I also missed the boat and it seemed like a hard movie to watch at home. And I'll be honest, I started to watch this movie mm -hmm. 
a year and a half, two years ago on oh, wow. And I got 15, 20 minutes in, never picked it back up, <laughs> never continued it, never thought it was a good use of my time to continue the film. And not even because it was so bad. It was just like, this is... It's a mood. You I don't know. Be in so the I'm right not getting mood. back to it. Oh, my God. No, no truer words have ever been spoken of. Having to be in the right yeah. mood to watch yeah. this film. If you are not in the right mood to watch this film, it will not go down smooth. It I, will be trash. I will admit something. Rewatching this film, I stopped halfway through the movie and I was like, I'm done for now. <laughs> I'm good for now. I will watch it's the rest later. It's not easy watch. It's not easy. You know, there are some films that are deep and poetic and daring, like, like Parasite. Parasite, I would say, has a lot to say, just like this movie does. But that's an easy watch. Yes. That is an easy, compelling yeah. film to watch. This is a little bit of a slog. Yeah. But whether that's good or bad, uh, who are we'll we get into But it. I will say, I, you know what I find really funny before we even get to the film? We are getting Robert to the film. Eggers we talked about the lighthouse already. Don't don't oh, okay, cool. don't lie to our fans like that. All right. Well, then let me talk about some like life defining moment when I was 16 and completely no, no. veer off topic. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Robert Eggers is the director and co-screener of this film. Mm-hmm. We don't like him. Well, before the lighthouse, hold on. we saw the witch yes. together uh-huh. and we hated it. No, not exactly. Yes. If you remember correctly, you and I watched The Witch together. We were sitting in the theaters and we complimented it the whole time. But we were like, we didn't like the movie. That is the conclusion I've come to about this. And I remember talking to you about it. The cinematography was great. The writing was intelligent. Acting was interesting. The imagery was wonderful. The soundtrack was great. Every aspect of that film worked but all together i didn't give a shit about it (laughs) we didn't like it i didn't like like the movie yes interesting and then but but my takeaway from that was i didn't like this dude my takeaway from it was this man is talented and i want to see what else he does you're more giving than i am and then he also (laughs) just came out with his third film which was the north man have you seen yes i have i hated it from my impression of <laughs> listening to viewers and stuff, and maybe this is the oh, right. I haven't, I haven't is, heard a single review. Do they like it? No, no. Uh, is that <laughs> it's like a bloated, pompous, masturbatory movie that's not very good. I so Darren and I went to go see Banshees of Shire. Yes, you know that movie, I, the new Banshee. I know what you're the, talking about. The new Banshee movie. <laughs> new Banshee movie. Yeah, Banshees of Inisherin. In yes, Banshees of Inisherin. Inisherin. And uh, right before, I was like, you know what? I, I forgot why we were talking about The Northman, but we, I think we went to see The Northman in the same movie theater. And I was like, that movie felt like the creator just had his head up his own ass the entire time. Yeah. It just was like so self-indulgent and like, wow, look what I'm doing. And it just it was very annoying. And I I really did not like it which is a shame because i i do really like the lighthouse a lot yeah and i respect the shit yeah. out of the movie sure i um i mean we'll, we'll start talking about it but it's, it's just funny to me where it's like those are this dude's three movies where it's just like mm-hmm. so specific you know it to him specific. which i actually respect i, I like, like that too there's so many directors that i don't know what you've done i don't know what you're doing i don't know what's yeah. going on 
And this dude, I was like, I get what you're trying to do. You, I think, are veering towards the area of where I might not ever like anything you ever do. Yeah. But I'm here to, like, listen to the story and listen to what's going on. I because like as the, I'm... Li- oh, sorry. I was going to say, I feel like the, the Northmen, it's hard to gauge, right? Like, the witch, I really respected. The lighthouse, I really enjoyed. And then the Northmen, I felt like, not that it was mainstreamy, but it just felt like it was, like, not... It, it it didn't feel like it had a good, unique take on anything. It seemed like it needed to either be more mainstream or like less. Like it needed to be I think more it needed indie to be less. or more mainstream. I think it definitely needed to be less. Well, if it was more mainstream, mainstream, it would have just been like a cool action movie with Vikings. And it would have been like, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Have you, you know? watched it? Uh, no, you haven't. No. Okay. I have not. I have not. So this movie, though, The Lighthouse... As I'm reading about it, because this is the first movie in a long time where you've given me and immediately I had to like, no, I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to myself. This is the first movie I think I've ever had to, as I was watching it, knowing I had to review it and talk about it here, I opened up the wiki and followed along the plot. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, wait a sec, did what just happen? I think happened. And most of the time I was like... Yes. Okay. That is what happened. I'm on the same page. Okay. But there were like two or three times where I was like, oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. That's what happened. Okay. 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 I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. I'm back. So this movie, I do want to mention earlier, you had said it was like a, a success. It's, I'm looking at the Wikipedia now and it says it grossed 18 million and the budget was 11 million. So it's not that. A lot of people didn't go see it. It's it, it was critically acclaimed, this, but it wasn't like this, a financial success. Yeah, critically acclaimed, 100%. Yeah. A lot of nominations, some awards. Mm-hmm. This movie is one of the most mainstream art house movies I have ever seen. It is an art house, artsy, fartsy. It is way leagues above a student film yeah. or something the college or some shit like that but it is that vein it is something you would see at bam sundance oh, it okay. is some, something you would well yeah or sundance at cans it is something that would not grace amazon prime it is something that would not go on netflix but it just inches past it's like art house label to get to the mainstream because people know of this film yeah, yeah. this is a film that in critic circles every critic knows it right and a good chunk of regular moviegoers do know it exists maybe just because of the name power of william defoe and robert pattinson but i think also the movie kind of transcended itself not a lot Mm -hmm. of people saw it but a lot of people heard about it and knew about it yeah which is impressive in and of itself i it's funny i had an exchange with someone and i was like oh the lighthouse you should watch it and I, i i granted i don't necessarily think they would have liked it but they were talking about how they were talking about Robert Pattinson as Batman. And I was like, oh, well, like, I really enjoyed him in the lighthouse and he acted the shit out of that movie. And I feel like he's going to do a great job as Batman or at least a competent job. And mm-hmm. they disagreed and they're like, well, he's just the Twilight guy. And I'm like, man, I feel like there is an amount of people that still view him as the Twilight guy. And I got to say, I don't think. Maybe you think differently, but I don't think you're going to watch this movie and leave with that same opinion. Like Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, whether you like the movie or not, I think acted the shit out of this movie. I think that Robert Pattinson will always be 
Edward Cullen in my heart. Okay. But that's a positive <laughs> thing for you. I'm just kidding. I'm only joking because I had that realization, but I had that realization in 2020 or 2021 when I watched the Netflix film, the, the, the devil, where is all the, the devil all the time, the devil all yeah, the time. Did yeah, you see yeah. that? No. On Netflix? no. It was a movie that took place in the South. Uh, Tom Holland was the main kid in it. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Pattinson played a preacher. He played a Southern preacher. And it was, it wasn't as visceral as this was because this is so fucking visceral. But that movie is a regular movie with like a plot and shit. So <laughs> maybe it's a little easier of a watch. He <laughs> plays the shit out of that Southern Baptist guy. Wow. And it is amazing. It's so good. And that was the moment I was like, because I heard about him doing all these indie films. Yeah, yeah. Lieutenant, and, and I was like, I still, I, I, I don't mind the guy. I like him, but I haven't him do anything that i was like yes, yes, yes and even watching the batman i didn't even think i, I mean there were, was, controversial, were the op- controversial opportunities take, to act in that controversial take i'm not a big fan of the batman we can get into it if you want at a later point sure i'm not a big fan of that movie i think it's fine mm-hmm. but the devil all the time is where i was like wow this guy's a fucking actor this yeah. guy's acting the shit out of this film and then now obviously i agree more he was he hey this came before devil all the time and it did i just didn't see it and that's yeah. true but it was he was doing shit he, like you said he was doing the indie scene he was in several like kind of like little projects and there was one good time that's the one that i feel like that was the that's big the, one that, that was the first one yeah that was the first indie darling he was people were like oh people were paying attention to him yeah yeah uh, i didn't see it but Marcus, we can't go on any further without talking about this movie. So we've 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 been like playing around it, and but so this movie is about two wikis, right? Is that right? Wikis, yeah. two wikis, people who man a lighthouse in 1890. They go, they stay there for a month, and then they're relieved of their duty as another set come, mm-hmm. and it's their month on duty. This movie is so weird <laughs> yeah it is it is a weird movie and i there's two ways to talk about this movie one is we can go chronologically and talk about it and that would be the best way for the performances to talk about what's happening there or we could talk about crucial moments and jump around which is probably the best way to talk about the themes which one would you rather do they're both uh, i i feel like we can do a little both let well you can talk about like the plot for sure what a fucking switzerland yeah, well, ass let's, let's talk about the, we can talk about the for. plot take a pick a lane because the pick plot a lane. i feel like is not that dense pick a lane boy spill your beans up in here <laughs> the That's plot not right. is not really that dense right i feel like you they, they match the lighthouse and they both go crazy we did it it's over but okay well oh, oh I'll, I'll i'll do it really quick okay yeah, i'll yeah. do it really quick so so Robert Pattinson is a new wiki. Willem Dafoe, he's been there a long time. They go. Robert Pattinson does a lot of the grunge work and then wake the older guy. is very much like, do this, do this, do this. And he also won't let him touch the lights of the lighthouse. And he's very like, don't touch my shit. And throughout the course of this movie, Robert Pattinson is slowly descending what seems to be into madness. You're not 100% sure what's happening, mm-hmm. though, because of the way the film is made. And there are some crucial questions I have about it. But as this is happening, Robert Pattinson is obviously it's getting to him the solid solidarity the seclusion and then one big part is he's not supposed to kill a bird he kills a bird william defoe says that makes the storm come the storm comes they're stuck there longer because their rescue doesn't come and then during this even extended time it becomes violent and it becomes who's going to kill who kind of kind of thing and killing does happen by the end of this movie and then it culminates into the death of both of them Uh, yeah 
yeah yeah yeah confrontation yeah. that's yeah and that's, that's the, the podcast that's guys it. thank you so much for joining us um <laughs> we did it we talked about the lighthouse we did all the things there's a there's a youtube series i mean well i want to respond to the plot a little bit but there is a youtube series youtube channel called films explained or something like that and not once have I ever seen them explain a film they just tell you the plot of the film beat by beat and that is the whole youtube channel and it's hilarious to me that they use the word explained, but it's never explained. Oh, my goodness. My favorite thing is when you find a YouTube channel like that that will explain the movie. And then to make sure that they're not just doing what you just described. Every, like, two minutes out of a 16-minute thing. So they'll eight, eight total, they'll insert, like, one single joke. <laughs> so it'll be like, and as Robert Pattinson is digging up this gin to save uh william defoe william defoe and uh, to have something to drink it's like they're trying to gin up something interesting happening in this movie and they'll cut to like a weird like oh office meme. Well, I, do you, are you watching and watch mojo cut... what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a no, watch mojo video well a lot of videos are like watch mojo that's, hey, a lot that's fair like that. that is fair that's uh that's basically the plot of the film yeah. which is weird because as i was about to prepare to say it i i imagined there was a lot more to say but then i guess that is all of it it's just there's so many small moments of like art and imagery and like takeaway that it mm -hmm. seems like there's more to say but the truth is not a lot happens I yeah guess. i mean it's not a yeah. plot heavy film but it is like a thematically heavy film and it is an imagery heavy film so it's not like yes. you're watching the movie and you're like oh my god you're really like dragging this along but if it, it i feel like that's what i mean where it feels like a play there was that four hour irish play i forgot what it was called the one that was just on broadway yeah we were just talking yeah, about it I remember yesterday you saw it. yeah and i loved it i absolutely loved it it was just like you were looking in on this family's life during the specific time in ireland the ferryman yeah. thank you i always forget mm -hmm. the name of it but i absolutely loved it it's one of my favorite plays i've ever seen and it was four it's hours so funny that's wildly long. It's so funny because I don't know who who does or doesn't know that this this that listens to this podcast. We both come from the theater world. We both went to college for theater, so we've had script analysis classes. We've like torn apart script. We're very like we we talk about mostly movies now, but we 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 love theater. It's like the backbone mm -hmm. of kind of like who we are at the end of everything. And as I was reading this wiki, a couple things that I that really jumped out at me is one. The director was talking about inspirations for the film. He was obviously talking about like, it's kind of like a play, but yeah. he mentioned Beckett. And yes. when he said Beckett, I was like, yes, Beckett, who very famously did like absurdist, weird, wacky shit mm -hmm. just, and it's like hard to like explain what it even is if unless you like really yeah they said there are wikis in the film is this a joke you said yeah in the white in the house yeah what are you talking about sorry old man ram is asking questions in the chat i don't know what he's asking finish your point yes. <laughs> god damn it <laughs> old man ram you distracted me from my point it was such a great point so uh, samuel beckett they mentioned samuel but he mentioned samuel beckett in interviews and beckett's all about like this absurdist this crazy think go things going on and it like lined up in my head of like yes where it's it's like earlier when I was saying was this feels like one step above our house. It also feels one step above weird New York City black box basement yeah. of somebody standing on yeah. stage saying I am envy and yelling in your face. Right. Yeah. Like and some people like just don't get it. And I was explaining this point to Lexi. And I think it really says it. after we, we she watched the film with me. We were watching a video about it afterwards. And she was like, did you like this film or are you pretending to like this film? <laughs> I think you're supposed to. 
And I and I explain it's like, no, thank you for painting me as an asshole. But no, <laughs> it's I think there are two kinds of art. I think there is art made for people. And I think there's art made for artists. The art that is made for artists, it's it's anyone that does any kind of art can relate to it. So an ex-girlfriend that made classical kind of music. It was called New Age Music. No one listens to that shit in the real world. Nobody. But in that realm of composition, everyone listened to it and they were obsessed about it. They were making it for them. Same thing happens for improv. There's so many improv shows that are for people to come and watch and have fun. But then there's so many improv shows that it's like the only people that would like this are improvisers. The Mm -hmm. same thing happens for movies. Same thing happens for paintings. The same thing happens to music. And that's what I think this film, that's what art houses are. This film isn't made for Joe Schmo's mom who watches Marvel films and soap operas. This film is for people who create this stuff you know this film is for people that have like an invested interest in the the dissection and the 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 understanding of where it all comes from and i think that's where like that disconnect happens of she was like you really like this film or you just want to be an asshole that likes these artsy films and i I was like you know that question is warranted right like i think that with a lot of things like this there are a lot of people who will like say they like something for the sake of saying that they like it there are a lot of people who like to create an image of themselves and say they like something because it fits their like aesthetic or personality more so than they actually give a shit about it. That also very much happens. Yeah. And but so also like, I get her asking. <laughs> yeah. But also it's hard because like even assholes, even people who completely define themselves with an aspect aspect of something like people that are just so obsessed with i don't know a punk music so everything's punk and everything they love is punk and it seems like it's like like asshole and it is because you know they need to branch out but at the end of the day like there's something about it that drew them in and that's true what yeah what just, yeah i liking punk music uh makes you an asshole <laughs> like I'm in one genre that- of music I'm saying, well, punk gets a bad rap because people who like punk divulge it and make it their whole entire personality. I, I thought that was a good example because that was one of the genres where, you know, people completely identify everything they have and everything I, they are. I, there's a that. lot of. Yes. Yes. Music is one of those things for sure that people who like specific genres will define yeah but nobody makes fun of the people that like pop yeah they do the punk people make fun of the people that like pop the punk people make fun of everyone because everyone's making fun of the punk people (laughs) i don't know what i don't know what world oh you're a punk person you you felt attacked you're coming from man you felt attacked coming from no, I don't listen also, to punk. I, I listen to I listen to everything. So I guess I'm the person you're describing of being the peak a connoisseur of music. What have I done? But to play off of the theater thing we we're talking about, because I thought this was also a really interesting point. And this isn't even for the podcast. This is mostly for you. Robert Pattinson and William were talking about their rehearsal process. And Robert Pattinson was talking about how he was dissecting the script and like really rehearsed and like really like and he's he's a film actor. I think he's like studied film. I think he's yeah. a he's a actor but willem dafoe said it was a lot more spontaneity and it was a lot about his devising theater days with the wooster group and i didn't know it was a part of the wooster group which is a very famous experimental devising theater company probably one of the most famous Mm -hmm. and i didn't know he was a part of that which it like as soon as i read that i was like that all makes so much sense of like how he approached it how he acted in the film and how he was able to bring something that you can talk about them now if you'd like, William Defoe's performance in this is something 
that and Robert Pattinson's great. Uh, he's so good. We could talk so much about how sure. good, but well, yeah. William Defoe is such a. I don't have words because saying like tour de force or saying like a revelation, I, I, none of those feel like authentic enough because what he was doing in this film is so unique and yeah. charismatic yeah. and interesting and special and different. And it's something only Willem Dafoe could do. Yeah, it's one of those performances for me that I think is de like defining for the actor. Like now, yeah. whenever I think of Willem Dafoe, I, I am immediately thinking about his performance in The Lighthouse because yeah. of like how much he poured himself into the role, how perfect he was for the role and just yeah. how like, I don't know, just just how he did such a great job of portraying the character in a way that now forever, like this character is affiliated with Willem Dafoe in my mind. Yeah, which is crazy because Willem Dafoe has been given bop after bop his entire career he like this guy is not a slouch actor. he is a great actor. we we watched him be the villain in some shitty movie from the 70s that we watched because how we were obsessed with how this get made at the time and we watched one of their movies together of uh, that they were about to do something of fire Sh streets of fire of fi streets of fire and it's a shitty 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 movie and this but willem dafoe is still fucking bad he's great <laughs> well i think God, I've watched so many Willem Dafoe interviews. I feel like more more than any other actor uh, I've you? ever watched. I have because every time I watch him in something, I want to hear him talk about his like process and his role. And Please. and I am not an actor at all. I do not like it. It stresses me out. I do not ever want to act in my life if I can avoid it. I took an acting class in college, and that was it for me, buddy. I'm retired, but. Watching him is like inspiring. I feel like it is just like he is so good at his craft. It's like watching someone who's good at something on YouTube and you're just mesmerized by like someone making a sword or whatever it is. It's just like every yep. film he's in, I am mesmerized by him and I, I love it. And so in, in watching the interviews, it's just you, you can tell that he like really thinks about the roles and that like he I don't think he ever half asses any role that he's in no which you can't say about every actor yeah and it feels like yeah, a even, lot of, even some of the greats yeah and a lot of actors too who like yeah it's hard work and they're acting a lot of actors i feel like are just playing a version of themselves over and over and over and over again like no offense to tom hanks tom hanks is great but tom hanks is always tom hanks yeah usually for the most part, 90% of Tom Hanks movies, he's just Tom Hanks. Yeah. And then the other 10%, he's being very specifically not Tom person, Hanks. Yeah. Real life <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so it just kind of feels Walt like. He's being Walt Disney. He's being Sully. He's being the yeah. great stuff spy guy. He's be, they're all real people. And so when I watch a lot of movies, it feels like. I, it feels like I am not watching. It feels like they just cast someone who's close enough to the person they're portraying. And, and that's how they're going about the process of acting and becoming the role. And, but I feel like Willem Dafoe is like he's fucking acting in every role he's in. Yeah. Tazam in the chat just pointed out that, which I did, I don't think I knew off the top of my head, Willem Dafoe is Gil in Finding oh, Nemo. I had to Google yeah. who it is. And Gil's the fish with the scar that's <laughs> like never getting out of here. And we've been here for years. He's the leader of the tank gang. I'm like, wow. Yeah. This guy's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> this guy's good. Yeah. And, and Defoe's amazing. But it's it's he's just one of those actors who I think really does a good job of of fucking acting and, and bringing his his all to the role and like making the characters unique. I can't all of the Willem Dafoe characters that he's ever portrayed, I can't say are the same vibe or the same kind of person. No. And also, what actor do you take the supervillain mask off and he gets more scary? That's right. that's a good point. Yeah. In the original Spider-Man movies, dude was fucking Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. But in this latest one, they crushed the mask. He was scarier. <laughs> he was scarier without the mask. He was a mo- yeah. he was more Green Goblin without a Green Goblin mask. I mean, this guy talk about range. Honestly, yes. Uh, Tom Tom Hanks is Otto, which is pretty non-Tom Hanks in a man called Ovo. I don't know what this movie is. What is this? Uh, old man Rom in the chat is defending his boy Tom Hanks. Okay, let's. And see. I don't know what movie he's talking about. A man called Otto. Oh, it's oh, it's newer. It's a Swedish comedy drama. An isolated <laughs> retiree who spends his days enforcing block association rules and visiting his wife's grace has finally given up on life. Oh, this is the the racist old man movie. Is he racist? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe oh. this isn't it. Oh, it's oh, not the out American, yet? the American version. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's just a racist old man. He's just he's just playing a racist old man. It's not. It's, it's still Tom Cruise. Because in the end, you're gonna Tom love Hanks. him. Hanks. Tom Hanks. In the end, you're gonna love him anyway, right? Like he's he's likable. Is who Tom Cruise plays. Well, wait, hold on, old man Rom. It's not out yet. Are you like revealing like your real life is like? tom hanks assistant and you've seen this movie or are you using a movie you haven't seen as proof for your point because he's using a movie he hasn't seen as proof because your point just kind of fell apart there man i mean i i got your back but (laughs) (laughs) but you're saying well that one movie that hasn't come out yet huh you've read the book okay maybe the tom hanks version is just the tom hanks he just tom hanks it (laughs) we don't know how he performed my point was specifically about him in every movie being tom hanks I'm going to laugh so hard. Oh, and Roman, honestly, we should probably do it on the podcast. We're going to watch this film. <laughs> and Tom Hanks is still Tom Hanks, even when he's being this racist old man. I'm going to laugh because egg is going to be on your face. And that's very funny. To me. <laughs> but you could be right. I, honestly, now I'm excited to watch this movie. I, I love a good Tom Hanks. It, okay. Also, not to hey, old man, Rom. You know we love you. We appreciate you so much. But not to shit on you. But you saying it, it's a pretty non. It's, Wait, he's playing an old white man. Gonna, he's an old white man. Like, well, how is that a non-Tom Hanks role? Did I shit? Did I shit on our fan a little bit? And then you said no offense and shout out him more. Oh man, I'm just saying. I look. Oh my god. Also, love you. also the tagline on the cover of this book, this movie trailer, is "Fall in love with the grumpiest man in America." You're gonna fall in love with him because he's Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, oh, man, Ram, uh, we love you it's with love all, all the best we might i'm gonna watch this movie just oh tom tr- tom hanks isn't trump though nobody's trump that's true nobody can be trump we're gonna watch this movie and we're gonna get to the bottom of this yeah but uh but <laughs> but oh it's autocrack you were trying to say grump tom hanks isn't grumpy though <laughs> oh i understand i've seen tom hanks be grumpy hey he's a grumpy he, old he raised sometimes. chet hanks he must be grumpy you, at some point. Like, you got to be grumpy watched, about like, that. I just recently watched some clips from uh, Captain Phillips, and he's he's, he's kind of grumpy. He's kind of a grumpy old man. Uh, he's an old white man. Speaking old of grumpy old white grumpy. men, back to Willem Dafoe. Willem, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Listen, Willem Dafoe, fantastic. Forrest Gump is the one example where Forrest he was doing Grump, something else. He was making a joke, wow. and it was a good joke. That went over my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Thank you, T, for the joke. Uh-oh. You ruined well, it, You want to... 
Delete it. Say it. Say it out loud. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do okay, it. I'll you re- do it. Redo. Uh, pick up. Pick up. Pick up. Pick up. Forrest Grump. <laughs> LOL. Good ones is um nice. Nice <laughs> joke in the chat. Guys, join us at twitch.tv slash now try this guest. To join in on the comedy. <laughs> and it's not fair if we just talk about Willem Dafoe. So let's also talk about Robert Pattinson because mm-hmm. he's also so good. Because it's funny. It must be so intimidating acting to someone like Willem Dafoe. But it works in this movie because he's almost like looking at him like a like an elder, like a mm-hmm. he's got the answers, but he also doesn't agree with him. So it's got this like dynamic that's really interesting and yeah. wicked. And Robert Pattinson is really good. He he does an incredible job. I, f- I feel like he sells it. He he kind of like amplifies Willem Dafoe's performance. And I feel like they yeah. play off each other really well. Again, it has that theatrical feel. We are theater yeah. people. It feels like we are watching a play where these two it's these are the only two people in the whole fucking movie. Yeah, really. I mean, unless you count the mermaid and the two guys walking <laughs> off in the beginning. But some people do. These are the only two speaking roles in the movie. And they really like have to be seen partners and they have to play off one another and they have to give and they have to take and it feels like all the shitty cheesy shit that they talk about in acting class it's like you see it here yeah and you know if you don't do that and make the groundwork you wouldn't have these really really intense homoerotic moments between willem dafoe and robert Benson. let's talk because this about- movie this movie is fucking horny this movie is horny. so much hornier than i thought it was i was watching this movie and i was like great it's gonna be gritty it's gonna be dark and there's gonna be like emotions and then like a little bit of the horniness came in i was like oh i get it they're, they're old like sales uh sailors out on a fucking lighthouse they're fucking horny and then the movie just got hornier and hornier and hornier all the way until the end we got fucking like attacked by a tentacle monster and i was like wow this movie literally couldn't get hornier if it wanted to yeah it's a very horny movie look you get two men alone for long enough they're gonna kiss or kill each other that's it okay or both let's move (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite parts of this movie was uh the moment when uh they're having this back and forth they're getting drunk they're like sharing with each other it ends up like doing the slow dance because they're like they're like she shanty sea shanties and it's like big and then it's small and they're like doing so and then they like almost kiss i love that moment they all but but no no, no. it's not even almost kiss that's my favorite part they almost kiss and then they like push each other away and then they literally put up their fisticuffs and start fighting and i was like wow i need every bro every manly man dude that like like i have a good friend that would do this would just like tussle after a night out or after just like after a big talk would like wrestle or i've seen it happen i've witnessed it i've witnessed it and i'm like they need to see this because this is what it means. They yeah. want to fuck. They yeah. want to fuck bad. Yeah, it feels like a commentary on masculinity for sure. Yeah. You know, like the fact that these two men are like are alone. They are trying to be vulnerable with one another. And with vulnerability comes a level of intimacy. And if you're yeah. not used to being vulnerable, like it, it sometimes you can kind of confuse the two and then immediately feel like you need to defend yourself and do something manly to, you know, contend to uh, to make to make up for all of the unmanly things you did by being vulnerable when being vulnerable is actually 
very manly. It's funny because it felt like it was doing two things at once, right? It felt like it was doing that, but it also felt like a commentary on how intimacy and sex and eroticism is violent, right? It almost mm, like yeah, like these intense feelings of intimacy and love and attraction. And there's literally a point where like he calls him pretty. Yeah. Where it's like all those intense things are also violent sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, yeah. Like they're like intense feelings that are like literally like pushing and shoving and like it can come stuff. from the same place too. I feel like there's also yeah. the, the moment where uh, Robert Pattinson is standing over Willem Dafoe and he's like bark like a dog and he's like holding his dick yes. while he's saying that. And there is an amount of like submission that he is forcing on Willem Dafoe. And that and then is very later sexual. in the movie, it flips it and, and Robert Pattinson pulls along Willem Dafoe like a dog. Yeah. Switching yeah, yeah. that role. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole culmination of the movie, I feel like, is the that building up of that tension and that dynamic mm-hmm. of one being having power over the other yeah. in an intimate, sexual, violent kind yeah. of way. And then the movie is like, I think that's kind of like what the movie is, where it's like, and then Robert Pattinson is like, I've had off and tries to invert it and have the power on top and he does willing to fall what was done to him right yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah it is definitely like about power too right because i feel like yeah so many what you're taught as men is that you're supposed to have power and control and and all this stuff and you get two men together and they're like wait which one of us is in charge here yeah, I, you know, like not totally. all the time, but like, you know, that's what this movie at least is, is, I feel like trying to convey. Sure, sure. I mean, I mean, sometimes it'll happen with us in our friend group. If there's there's like you know, six men in a room and, you know, we all we all think we're a little in charge. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it happens all over, even with like nice people, even with like non toxic masculinity people. There's just a level. I mean, it happens with all people. But I, I feel like it, it, there is something intrinsically different about when you have a dick about it. You know, it feels yeah. like you you need to put it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like, yeah, I feel like there is an amount of like, <sighs> I don't know. Some it's expected. Some of it's taught. Yeah, some a lot of, it's, of it's there's taught. There's so many layers A lot to of it. it's taught yeah. and, 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 unfortunate, and that's unfortunate. And that's part of toxic masculinity yeah. and all that stuff, right? Like, exactly. you don't yeah. need to be in control of everything all the time. Just, cause, you know? just because you're listening to someone, you know, and respecting them doesn't mean that you are, like, submitting to them. Yeah, but we've all had some bad father figure say, just get in there and buck up, butto. <laughs> Right, you had that, right? Like somebody told you, called you a butto. And yeah, butto, buddy, up. champ. Yeah, great, <laughs> great. <laughs> I really like that. But here's here's like my big takeaway from the movie, and uh, I, I want to know how you feel about it because I because I know you love this movie. I, you bought the VHS. You're like really like it, um, even if you can't watch it all in one sitting. I think you really really enjoy this movie. There are moments of this film that I think are so like. <laughs> there it's it is, a, right next to the shining. Hell yeah, there is. I think an argument to be said where this movie's indulgence does get in its way a little bit because there's moments narratively plot wise that I think are like really, really good and pretty. Like, for example, when Robert Pattinson wants to steal his keys and takes the shiv and goes up to Willem Dafoe in his sleep and he's about to kill him, that whole exchange, the tension, the way he acts when he comes up, the exchange that happens, the dialogue, it's all so good it's like a great moment and this film is full filled with great moments 
but those great moments are filled in an artsy fartsy art house movie. Do you think that if this movie pared down a little bit on imagery and focused on narrative, that it could have been like an easier pill to swallow, but still accomplish the same things? I I don't think so. I just I, I don't think so at all. Mm. I, I feel like you can accomplish the same things in other ways for sure. Other other movies have done it in a, you know in a more conventional fashion but i feel yeah. like the the imagery of it i feel like lends to the, the overarching themes and i think it lends sure. to the the narrative in a lot of ways that i think are that are interesting right like for example there's uh, there's one scene where willem dafoe grabs robert pattinson and like they they show he's naked and there's like light shining from his eyes yeah onto Robert Pattinson like that that was like beautiful powerful imagery and then you like well, you know you find out that it's based on the painting hypnosis by Sasha Schneider uh you know right. a gay German painter in 1904 and and that's like adds to another layer to this sort of like homoerotic underlying of the story as well so I feel like Yes, you could say a lot of this without all of the imagery and a lot of the sort of art house feel, but I feel like all of that lends itself to the narrative. And I feel like you can't make every movie for everybody. And, and I think like parts of it, you're maybe you're right. Like parts of it, you know, do distract and take you out of it a little bit. But I feel like this feels like a, like I said, keep saying this feels like a play and narratively, I think it also is there because now no action is happening. No, like the, it, yeah. yes, we are getting imagery, but they're stuck in a lighthouse together. And for the most part, all we have in terms of the storytelling is the, the conversations and the imagery. And I think that narratively, the dialogue is incredible. I feel like you get a lot from it, too. Yeah, a couple of things to play off of what you said. I, I, I think I think you're ultimately right, because one of the reasons Beckett, I think, is probably a um, inspiration for this film. And one of his rationales for stuff is like the reason you do absurd things is you don't want people to fall asleep in your play slash movie, right? You don't want them to be completely whisked away to a whole new world where they completely forget all of their own problems and feelings because the artor, in this case, the, the director, wants you to be taken out for that second so you can be reflexive. If this movie was so, it was cleaner, if the movie was cleaner, if it was narratively simpler, if it was straightforward and just a narrative, then those moments of reflection don't happen. You get whisked away to this world, you watch this movie, the movie's done, and you're like, wow, what a great movie. Yeah. But because this movie is happening, you're meant to stop watching it. You're meant to stop being engulfed in it and reflect. And yeah. that's like um and that's like something I don't think a lot of people get. I think that's something that we were taught to understand. But I don't know what it's like to be in a world where I haven't been taught to understand that. So I, I can tell I totally see why other people yeah. probably don't like this film. I get it. And why it has a 90 percent critics and a 70 percent audience. I like, get it. I, I yeah. totally understand. Yeah, that. there's just a disconnect. Yeah. There's a barrier to entry sometimes with stuff like this where people feel yeah. like it's not for me. But that's not true. It's, yeah. it's, it is for everyone. But it does require the extra step. Like you said, it requires you to take a moment and reflect on like 
what you watched and why and you were seeing used to that. things. People why really aren't used to the that. director was making choices. Yeah, people aren't used to it. But I think and some people actively like it. Yeah, right. It's true. Some people actively don't like yeah back in yeah right but i feel like you know that's the difference between a movie staying with you forever and a movie just being another movie that you watch and forget about yeah i'm gonna remember this movie forever yeah it likes to be at a point that i think is the my my only pushback to like my initial point my only like argument towards my initial point my own initial question is because this is an art tour art house kind of film it felt like it was made on its own terms but then it felt like it was longer to be a theatrical film where Lexi was like, I just don't understand why the movie couldn't have been an hour. And I was like, you know what? Arguably, I think maybe it could have been an hour. How long was the movie? But if it's an, an hour and 40 minutes, hmm. 149, I didn't count the credits, but it's like, hmm. But you don't make movies that are an hour. You, you can't distribute them. You can't put them in theaters. You can't do yeah. anything with them. Yeah. So they have to be an hour and a half or they're a short film that's 20 minutes, right? Maybe yeah. 30. Yeah. So, but so, so that was the only thing that I was like, huh, you know what? I think there is, I don't think this is a perfect movie. Okay. I think they made Fair the enough. movie they set out to make a hundred percent. I do. That was the only little inkling of like, oh, you know what? I think the movie is the length that it is because it could be a theatrical release movie. Yeah. Whereas I think this movie could have been a little more successful at an hour. Yeah. I which, feel like which feels to me like so sorry it feels no. to me like an older film like it already looks like an older film it's already filmed like an older film older films could have been an hour and i'm talking like pre-hitchcock day like old movies they used to were able to be an hour now if your, your movie's not at least 90 minutes it can't go in theaters it just literally can't that's the business um so that was the only thing i was like oh this this movie, this maybe movie shit maybe should have been an hour. I don't think I would have cut fifty minutes from this movie. Uh, there's there's fifty minutes you can cut from the movie. I there's feel like I look. If you want to make it a highly efficient, fast paced movie, sure. I always want an efficient movie. I never this, don't want an efficient movie. This this the, how name was name one. <laughs> How long was our? You needed all three of those hours, buddy. <laughs> all three of those hours completely necessary for the narrative that movie set out to make. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, th- there, there was about 45 minutes of fluff in that movie that could. Okay, lie. yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, you, I get it. You can cut down movies. That's an argument. You can, I always you make can make though. them yeah. more efficient. I totally get. It. I, I'm on a similar page. I feel like 15 minutes of this movie I probably could have cut, but yeah. I think 15. And then you might as well cut another 15. No. And then- no, I, I enjoyed a lot of the imagery. This movie, too, it's funny okay. that, that we're talking about it, but, but like it's one of the reasons I love doing the podcast, right? Like, I don't I also don't think this is a perfect film, but that's yeah. like I just gave it to you because I enjoyed it. And that is like the whole sure. shit, which is so great. So great. Yeah. Guys, join our Patreon. You love us, right? Make sure you're following <laughs> us. <laughs> so you keep doing he's just had a realization that he just really likes doing this and he just wants i to just like doing the podcast <laughs> <laughs> one other thing that you mentioned in passing because you said a lot of things is you mentioned in passing the dialogue i do want to talk about the dialogue because mm-hmm. i think i did ha- i did turn on so my experience watching this movie is is funny because like you i think i need to watch it again 100 percent because i watched it today t- between jobs i'm tired i was having to keep myself awake and I had to turn on the subtitles because I just didn't have it in me to sit down and really watch this movie the way I should have. 
But because I had the subtitles on, I got to like read and see the dialogue happening here. And the dialogue is verbose and dense. And it's it feels it feels poetic and meaningful. It feels like Shakespeare. There, there's something that something. that people did it. What? Shakespearean. Oh, not quite. You know, not quite, ma'am. And it's none of those. I don't I've studied theater, but I don't have enough theater knowledge to really explain what this dialogue is, because this dialogue is something very specific. But it is poetic. And it is like it is like meaningful. It, it, it has like a sing songiness to it, especially when Willem Dafoe is delivering mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. And I'm not just talking about when he's like delivering like po- a poem, just when he's talking, it's like poetically so- sing songy, like a sea shanty, like a sailor. And like, it's almost like hypnotic the way it is as I'm like listening to it and reading it. Like, I really think I, I really might read the script of this wow. film because in a, it, in a in a script analysis sense of this dialogue, I think it's going to teach me something because it is very good. It is very, very good. The word choice and placement and is just I don't have the words for it. It's very good. Yeah, I no, I I I would agree with you entirely if I were not <laughs> distracted wholeheartedly by the fact that you just said you don't watch movies with subtitles on like that is fucking insane to me that you watch movies without subtitles because you're a subtitles boy why of course like a fucking sane human being you watched a movie listen i watch every single movie with subtitles because you gotta you miss stuff if you don't watch with subtitles can i be be super duper honest Uh uh-huh what i said about like wanting to experience this movie the way i should experience is what what i meant to say is like i wish i saw this in theater right Mm -hmm. uninterrupted not tired no subtitles like experiencing in that way the the truth is i am a subtitled boy but i love my girlfriend more and this is one of the battles i lost and i'm really upset about it i think you should watch movies with subtitles maybe not tv i agree Maybe not like some TV things, maybe not some comedies, but overall, the meter goes towards watching shit with subtitles. Yes, because I agree. you just don't miss it. And I have trained myself where I'm not missing shit as I'm exactly. reading subtitles. Yeah, you, re- you read it in your peripheral. Exactly. And you, the way you go, maybe it's reading comics growing up. Maybe mm-hmm. it's watching anime. I don't know. But I anime. am a subtitle boy anime, for sure. Probably. Probably. Yeah. But I can no longer be a subtitle boy. And I'm heartbroken about it, but I love my girlfriend more. Wow. The dedication. Giving up subtitles for someone? I don't know if I could do it. Darren, I'm glad we're on the same page. (laughs) I'm glad we're on the same page. Honestly, Marcus, there's always like little things in your relationship that you like give up silently. But I'm glad I'm now like able to outwardly explain like how much of a gut-wrenching like heartbreak it is that I like no longer get to experience media in this way. Yeah. Because it is honestly a little heartbreaking. Yeah, I get that. I everything's I, a little everything's a little worse. Yeah, everything's I, a little worse. <laughs> I love subtitles so much, but also like I look, if I'm being honest, not every single movie in the world I need it, especially if it's a movie like uh, you know, a junkie action movie that I'm going to be on my phone yeah. most of the time anyway, like well, who cares? But Darren yeah. especially really needs it for every movie, and so I've been like, you know, like I've been like, okay, I like them you you always err on that side so we're so always fine. gonna have them yeah yeah 100 percent. i totally agree but that's not the life i live now that's okay you are at least redeemed in my book lexi on oh, the okay. other hand uh, 
Straight trash. Straight tra- no, her I, viewing why, of movies is straight that? trash. Oh, her viewing movie, yes, yes. Lexi's yeah, a wonderful, her, her, incredible her, person. Her preferred way of watching media is trash. Straight trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but gosh, this movie was so fucking wild. There's one moment that I need to talk to you about because I think I don't know how I feel about it, and the way your version of what it is might completely influence and change my perception of this entire movie. Oh, that's no so, pressure at all. Yeah. So this movie is clearly about two wikis. Some level of descent into madness is going on. And, and to my recollection, this only happens one time in the movie where Robert Pattinson's character is upset, wants to leave. So he goes and gets a rowboat to leave. Then Willem Dafoe's character doesn't want him to leave and goes and destroys the rowboat with a, an axe. And then they come back into the house and they start arguing. And then William Defoe's demeanor completely changes. And with all sincerity, he says, you're going crazy. Why else would you destroy the lifeboat with the axe? So is that moment, and this is very important, is that oh moment William, William Defoe fucking with our main character even more, co- perpetuating that narrative of him him wanting him to go crazy so he can kill him like his partner or is that the one moment of clarity in the movie where our whole perception of the movie was from robert pattinson's point of view and he legit is going crazy he is a drunk he is doing a bad job and especially because we're seeing all these imagery things he's saying anyway so we already know he's somewhat mad that was just our only moment of seeing Willem Dafoe as he actually is, as a compassionate person, looking at his second, watching him go crazy. Which one is it? I don't think that there is an answer, necessarily. Is that on purpose? Am I supposed to I not know? So. Like, that moment yeah, yeah. is that? I think that Robert Eggers, wow. at least in interviews for this film, you yeah. know, a lot of people are like, what's the film about? What's this? Are they gay? Stuff like that. Like, And I feel like yeah. every time he's just kind of like, well, like, look, you know, the questions are there, but the questions are always there in human interactions. Oh. I respect that so fucking much because then you get people like, who was the guy who directed the other? And then when he fucking directed the movie, he oh, just fucking told everyone what it was about. Is it Darren it? Aronofsky or something? Yes. And he just, all he did, he literally, during the premiere of that movie, gave people like three paragraphs about what the movie was about <laughs> with the answers. There's a true story. He really did that. At the premiere in the press screens, he literally printed shit out, gave it to the people and said, this is what the movie is about. I hate that. So you're not confused when you're watching it. I hate it. that. I hate that. But, but that's what it is. So like, the, you know, like he mm. he's like, there's, there's like imagery in there there's questions yeah. but i feel like he do, he doesn't necessarily want to give answers to them and i i yeah. respect I, the shit out of that i really that makes me like it so much more because yeah. that moment when that happened that was another moment when i like i had to read the wiki again it's like did i just hear right because that just changes that changes the entire film yeah that changes everything and like usually i'm okay at like deciding whether or not i think the top fell or the top did not fall, the spinning top did not fall mm-hmm. or did fall. And I'm like, I know what I think. And I think everyone else is a dumbass. Okay. Well, like, reading too much <laughs> into this. you know, I, truly, I truly feel like that. Like, I feel okay. like that in that film, you, you know why that, you know, that pisses me off. You know why Inception pisses me off? I like Inception. I, I am one of the bros that be like, I think it's a great film. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. But the ending does piss me off because when that moment happens and the top is spinning and you're left with that question, if he's still in a dream or not, the director clearly 
doesn't have an answer and he put it there just to fuck with me i think robert eggers has an answer i think he has a clear take a clear vision of what he set out to do with this movie and he's not telling me yeah that's so different than someone being like is the top spinning or is it not <laughs> spinning <laughs> yeah yeah i i feel i do respect them putting like robert eggers at least putting imagery into the film and su- suggesting yeah. themes of stuff but not ex- blatantly hitting us over the head and telling us stuff now to interrupt myself there is one scene specifically that i thought was uh-huh a little on the nose where he is masturbating and you see the lighthouse image go from this to like erect and you're like okay like come on come on it's subtlety okay (laughs) i think there's always a little bit of me that actually doesn't like when a movie when they do imagery just cuts to a shot (laughs) and another shot and then cuts back to the movie i was like no, I'm really cool with imagery being like, I don't know, as Robert Pattinson is fucking this mermaid and as they're laying there, they look like a lighthouse, like whatever. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, I'm yeah, cool yeah, with yeah. all yes, those kinds yes. or the fact that he's even having sex with the, a mermaid and it's this whole shot. And it's like he's not actually doing that, but that's his perception as he's looking at the wooden carving or that's also more descent and whatever, whatever. I love that. All that imagery. Yeah. But when you just like cut to a picture of the lighthouse and then cut <laughs> to another picture and then cut back, I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah, I can yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah. I can edit like that. Yeah, that's dumb. Um, uh, editors for this podcast, insert some pictures right here of some other shit. Ooh, <laughs> look at the lighthouse. Whoa. Me, I'm talking to myself. Okay, I'll insert good. a picture of a lighthouse right there. To Perfect. My point. I love it. Nice. <laughs> uh, imagery. Oh, fuck, oh, but, but, what, what do you think of the moment? What do you think of the moment? Do, do you have a take? I know we're not supposed to. Like, I know there's not an answer, but like, as you're viewing the film, were you? Are you like this is? He's clearly crazy, and this is all in his head, and no, none of it. Or, I, I, or do I you like think the ambiguity. Willem Dafoe was out to get him. I like the ambiguity, right? I feel like there. No, you know, I don't accept. I don't want to have a take enough. because, right? Like, like yeah, you man. said, the one you have one take of like, oh, he's gaslighting Robert Pattinson, and he's just like, yeah. you know, manipulating him into thinking he's crazy just so he can then have an excuse to murder him, right? Like that's yeah. interesting. But then you also have the like, is Robert Pattinson just going mad? I don't know. You know, and, and I think that having an answer or a gut feeling, I think, uh, doesn't help me view the movie anymore. Right. Because I like viewing it from both sides so I can sure. have one viewing where I'm like, oh, I'm on this side. I have another viewing where, I, oh, I'm on this side. But if I choose a side, then every viewing, I'm just going to look for things that like lend itself to being evidence towards my belief and i don't want to view it that way i suppose so uh my thing's a little different though because for me i was viewing the movie i think the intention was to make it seem like he was gaslighting him and then when that moment happened it's to make you wonder whether or not he's sure 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 but you asked me to have a take and i'm saying going forward i'm just not gonna have i'm just saying that as a preemptive to explain my take so my take is I felt since I felt that way up to that point that I was gaslighting him for me, it feels more interesting to me when I watch this film now, especially when I rewatch it, because now I get to rewatch it 
from that new perception of it's all in his head. Right. So that's like where I'm standing with it now. Yeah. But I kind of feel like every time I view it, it's going to be different. Right. Because now when I view it back, I'm going to watch it as if he's going crazy. And then when that moment happens, I'm probably going to like switch again and be like, oh, he's fucking with them. So I kind of feel like this movie is doing this cool thing where every time I watch it, I'm going to like flip flop back and forth. Yeah. Which is actually pretty cool because every time I watch it, it's going to be different. That's interesting because at the first you're saying that the whole movie you thought he was being gaslit. And then at the end, you're like, oh, Robert Pattinson's crazy. For me, my first viewing, the whole movie, I thought Robert Pattinson was crazy. And then I was like, oh, "Oh, but maybe he's not, you know. Oh, I don't know. How funny. How fun that we both like. It's also really cool that that's a switching point in the movie, too. Mm -hmm, Right. Like that's. I think it's a well-crafted thing like that. Clearly, the script is very painstaking. Like that's a very clear intention of the movie yes. to have this switch moment. Yeah. Uh, Darren movie... feels like both are true. Yeah. That's not a take. You lose, Darren. Have a take. <laughs> None of this have movie... a goddamn take. Put it on a shirt. Have a take. None of this movie feels like an accident, which I love. There are so a many films I've watched where I'm like, ooh, you got that shot by accident. You didn't know that was a good <laughs> shot. You noticed in the edit that that was a good shot, but you didn't know when yeah. you were doing it. Yeah, this movie was not made in the edit, babe, yeah. right? This yeah, movie yeah. was a painstakingly exactly. this shot, this shot, yeah. this is the point. Because they, they also used a lot of film techniques, right? Like they, what is it called? Orthochromatic uh, filming? Yep. Yes, yes, yes. So it that filters out all the red light. So they had to like use a lot of bright lights to film the movie. And yeah. just because of all of the like painstaking effort that went into stylizing the film, you'd have to have everything planned out. And I think that yeah. really le- shows and, you know, and lends itself. I also to want you to know feeling when I, I, I searched for a captain's hat today for my mustache. Uh-huh. I also was trying to figure out how to make my computer black and white for the podcast. But my fucking webcam plug-in completely crashed on me and i couldn't do it i'm very sorry about, about that i'm like sorry how about cool that would have if i came in here with a captain hat and it was black and white that would have been pretty cool actually yeah you know fucking hindsighters what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a lot of um just uh, you know imagery and all that stuff but there's also a lot of like mythology and i feel like uh, um with yeah. the mermaid and stuff like that a lot of like sea, and he said sea triton lore. and prometheus and titan and all that shit yeah 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 which yeah. I, I feel like is really cool that they use that too yeah it's also it's funny because when i was reading the wiki it sounds like the initial idea came from an Ed Allan Popo story that never got finished. It was like one of the last story he was writing and he never finished it because he died. Mm-hmm. And that was where the inspiration, it was called The Lighthouse. That was where the inspiration of the idea came from. But the story didn't really open up until two things happened. It, it looks like there's this old Swedish, I think, myth about two wikis like dying out in a lighthouse. Uh-huh. And also when Robert Edgars looked into the mythology and looked oh, into like ocean yeah. lore. So like it's clear that all three of those things like and I love that when a when a story is like you can see its etymology like where yes, it comes from yes, yes, yes. super interesting yeah. you know yeah the Prometheus and it's funny thing because it feels just, like an Edgar Allan Poe thing right yeah this is very Telltale Heart this mm-hmm. is very fucking yeah, the Raven yeah and it's really got that feel and I yeah. love it about it yeah. oh that's what that's what I was talking about like that poetic like it's Edgar Allan Poe like that's how mm-hmm. he writes right he writes his stories poetically. But it's in pro, like it's just in dial, it's just in regular dialogue. But the way he writes it sounds like poetically grim and fucking. I don't know. How do you describe Edgar Allan Poe? Like 
it's just Edgar Allan Poe. Like Darren, English major. How do you describe the thing that I'm talking about? Like the way he's writes is like this weird poetically, like, I don't know. Edgar Allan Poe is a very good writer. I like his writing. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I agree. I just also like, I didn't make the connection until you said it, but the Prometheus, right? Stole fire, stole the light at the end of the film. He yep. touches the light and then he's being eaten by seagulls. Prometheus was punished by having his skin, you know, or he was eaten by ravens or whatever. Yeah. Darren just said free verse. I don't know. I think it's just a style he's got. He's got style. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of true. Like Edgar Allan Poe is such an icon in terms of like writing. Like when you write like Edgar Allan Poe, it's you're writing like Edgar Allan Poe. It's not like you're writing in a something. But that's how this movie felt. And I really, really love that kind of panter you know that like pitter patter to yeah, the, words. the cadence yeah yeah it just i don't know i just really liked it i, you I know let what? me let me fucking maybe study let's up. Give, let me go to college let's for a give couple robert years eggers some credit did he write this it says directed and produce okay yeah so look robert eggers right maybe it's a garyan look we got us everyone is inspired by this and that and when we, when we have someone who like creates good work it's oh it's actually it's like this or shakespearean or it's a you know whatever why not allow these people to create and be the source of inspiration for others going forward agarian we have lynchian right that's a terminology for david lynch inspired content yeah agarian Hitch, Hitchcockian. Hitchcockian. Lovecraft, love, Lovecraftian. Igarian. <laughs> I'm excited for the day that Igarian will uh, grace our 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 podcast. Robert Eggers, please come on the podcast and talk about how you just created a style, Igarian. You know who's never going to have that? Aronofsky. Aronofsky, he's not going to have that because he's bad at making no, he movies. Does. Yeah, but it's, it's it's a bad thing. It's like a it's not it's not it's a it is a style, but it's a <laughs> it's, it's a, a bad style. It's a, derogat- it's a derogatory statement to say it. This film is very Aronofsky, and and by that oh, so I mean, trash. and by that trash. I mean it was trash. And before I watched it, I was handed an essay on what the film was about. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did that. That story is always one of the wildest to me. Like how fucking up your own ass. <laughs> yeah, I just just to just to like just to like get to like the end of my points here, i just loved how like the little things like when willem dafoe was like complaining about how he spilled the beans when robert pattinson like told about how he let his boss die and he stole his mm-hmm. identity yeah and like there's all these like little moments where it's just like really interesting and like intentional but like bizarre and really eye-opening to make you like think about who you are and what they are and it's really cool. Yeah, there's really intimate, intense moments that I think work really well, and I think lend itself to you know the development of the relationships and the dynamic between these two characters, and I love it. Yeah. Question: I because this is another moment I had to look at the wiki because I didn't know what was happening. Did you think they were just straight up drinking lantern oil? I thought they were drinking gas or oil. Yeah, because apparently they were drinking a concoction of turpentine and honey. Gas but and honey. Way, he, you see yeah, him but, mix but, the honey in it. I know, but the way the wiki says it right there makes it sound like it's a thing. And I thought they were just going crazy. But then reading it that way made me think is like this is a thing that ha- has happened before. I mean, like. Um, Let's see, turpentine and honey. I don't know. The first thing that comes up is Tiffany Haddish apparently drinks turpentine. What? Which, let's see. 
Taking turpentine oil by, by mouth can be dangerous. Despite this, some people take turpentine oil mixed with honey or sugar cubes for stomach and intestinal infections. Ugh. Yeah, no, that's not good. It doesn't look like mm. it's good, but it does look like it's a thing people have done can in the past. I get drunk and fucked up on turpentine. What happens if you drink turpentine? One whiff won't kill you. <laughs> this person says, I've tried a third of a teaspoon. No particular effects of any kind, but I did feel a bit more clear-headed. <laughs> <laughs> I right. think well, I think historically people have drank turpentine. Uh, I also, I'm not seeing that, really. Like, it's uh, it, it felt like an old-timey thing that people would do when they didn't have alcohol, but I'm not, like, seeing that. I don't know. That, that moment was just bizarre to me. Can you really hmm. make booze out of paint thinner? Okay. This I don't is know. derailing. Drinking turpentine. Oh my history. god! Hold on. No Hold on. turpentine. Stop it! Now understood. Turpentine now understood to be dangerous for consumption was a common medicine among seamen during the age. There of you go. We got it. Oh, that's for that's Magellan. That's way. That's a long but time you know ago. what? That's that's probably where the research came from. You want me to get off this so bad? I do. I know more. Like that one. Uh, while you while you're looking up turpentine, I guess like that one author <laughs> who recently, not recently, I guess it was like a few months ago, got in trouble because he copy pasted the recipe for making dye from Breath of the Wild into his book that he was like, oh, I did historical research on it. <laughs> and it was actually just the Breath of the Wild recipe from the game that included fictional items to make dye. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and he published it. Drinking turpentine, though. Yeah, that's all that says to me is anybody can publish anything. We've I'm, had contemporaries like publish stuff and, I'm, and they're not as good as us. Name them specifically. I don't want you here on the podcast. That would be a very rude thing to do. <laughs> but... It makes me think, I don't know, when's the Now Try This book coming out? Wow. Ooh, a tell that would all. be interesting. Hmm. That's not what I, oh, I thought all. it would be more about. A tell I thought some. it would more be like, <laughs> I think there could be some of that in there, but like a dissection and like what our life and experience has been like trying new things about going through this process. I don't know. I feel like I could write a couple chapters at least about that. Sure. But who would read it? Old Man Rom would. Thank you, Old Man Rom. You're the best. <laughs> you never get a chance to say it. You're just speaking for it. Uh, yes, Old Man Rom, uh, you would be uh, legally obligated to buy her. Legally book obligated. Book. I mean, we, I would mail him a copy, a free copy. No, then no one will ever buy. <laughs> He's our only chance that someone might buy it. <laughs> like, I don't even think Lexi would buy it at that I, point. I'd She'd give like, him a free autographed copy. Oh, and then I would ask him to buy my copy if he wants my autograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to, Marcus, the book comes with my autograph. You have to pay for Nick's autograph. Yeah, there it is. There it is. That's that's smart because it's you're giving. It seems like you're giving them something for free, but no one wants like half a complete set. That's you know? true. That like uh, Taylor Swift with selling four vinyl albums that you have to all buy all four to make the image or whatever. That's the thing. Yeah, she just did that. That's I mean, look, I get my information about Taylor Swift from Darren, so I I could be wrong. Taylor, but I believe Swift, Darren. Vinyl cover connected. Oh, controversy. Hold on. Oh, that's the Masters controversy. That's not what I want. Each one is a fourth of a clock. There you go. Thank you. Fourth of clock. All right, let's look at this. Oh, honestly, I kind of like it. That's how they get you. It's the min. It's midnight's. It's the newest one. Four album covers. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't understand. Do I have to buy four? Vol four? No, it's the same one four times. 
I'm sorry. That's the oh, problem. So so this That's is like the problem. If, this is like if Harry Potter came out, mm-hmm. but in the circulation of Harry Potter, each there were four different covers, and you had to buy all four to put them together. Yes. Can I be super honest? Yeah. Genius. <laughs> Fucking genius. That is like next level god tier brain. Because because if you don't buy them, no big deal. You got Taylor Swift with a couple numbers on it. Whatever. Uh-huh. But like for the diehards, you just get their money times four. Capitalism. She's queen. a capitalism queen for sure. Yep. Yes, she is. And honestly, I respect. And then you have to separately buy the Taylor Swift clock thing to turn it into a clock. I hate that. I hate everything about wow. that. I hate everything about that. You go buy it. So how much do you think is the attachment to the albums to turn into a clock? How much do you think? Uh, $20. $49. Guys, and <laughs> for $5 a month, you can join the Patreon and influence the podcast instead of having oh. four of the same album. God. Well, hold on. How much is the album? Why are we so doing this? Th- <laughs> you brought it up. It's like 11 o'clock. I want to go to bed. No. You can also buy buy a puzzle of it. So hold on. So how much Midnight's vinyl? How much much does it cost, do you think? A vinyl cover. Okay. $20? $30. $30 times four plus 40 or plus 50? 50. Oh, my God. No. How much is that? No. I don't want to do the math. You're, you're the Good one who always has math in the head. Okay, so $30 times four, that's $120 plus 50. That's $170 to get your hands on a Taylor Swift clock. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. That's, Marcus, that's not including tax. Oh, or shipping. Jesus Christ. Because you know Taylor ain't offering free shipping. In America, <laughs> look, in New York State, that's 185 baby. That's crazy. Marcus, is there anything else about the lighthouse you'd like to talk about? Honestly, look, I could talk about it all day. And honestly, if I were more educated in film or poetry or whatever, then we could even talk about it for even longer. But hey, I've said everything I've had had to say with my level of intelligence. So thank you very much for joining us. Wait a second. Have you said Why everything would I- you want to say? No, because if you buy these, they're thirty dollars oh a my piece, God. but there's a bundle for a hundred and seventy dollars. But it comes with the albums. I'm confused. I'll figure it out. There's nothing else about the lighthouse I want to talk about now. But you want to talk about Taylor Swift? <laughs> uh, yes, I want to understand what's happening. Hundred eighty-five dollars. And you know what? You know what I bet you, Nick. You know what I fucking no. bet you too? There will be a special edition of the fucking thing as well. There's going to be a special edition with a fucking bonus side or some shit. And or or they'll sell all of them bundled together later down the road when they need to just fucking get rid of them. Honestly, I wish I owned this. It was really cool. Because the vinyls are also really cool, like looking colors and shit. Like it looks this one, it looks like a tree stump. Like it's orange with like you know what you do? You and three other Swifties get together and each by one and then when you join together you can be like captain planet and form the album form or the like clock. once a, like every every fourth month i get all four albums from my house and then I give them up. sisterhood Marcus, of the of traveling taylor swift vinyl clock finish the lighthouse episode did you enjoy the lighthouse i think so nice i think i really liked it i really need to watch it again i'm not sure yeah like i need to sit with it more i need to like think about it i need to at the very least i'm gonna rewatch some of those scenes some of those monologues like that monologue he gives like when 
it's just like on William Defoe's face for like five minutes. It's just like fucking like art. Like I just want to watch him again. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of beautiful shots in this film. I God, I would yeah. have an entire wall of just stills from this film if I could. That'd be a little weird. Especially if you pick like when he was masturbating naked in, under the water. That's a good scene though. It's still or fucking it's still a mermaid. Good, still good imagery. Still Giant good picture shit. of Robert Pattinson fucking a mermaid on your wall. Honestly, I would I get, do it. I oh, get a Christmas tattoo. present. I got it. I'll lock it in. <laughs> Nick, would you recommend the film? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Hundred percent. Okay. Nice. Did I you think watch? everyone should oh, try. Sorry. I th- I don't think most people are going to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> but I. But it's just. I think so. I think this could be some people's favorite film. I remember a guy I worked at a bar with, and it was his favorite film. Wow. He just said it was his number one film. Would you watch? And, you know, another Robert Eggers film. I don't know because I didn't have any intention to watch The Northman, but that's because I got bad reviews. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't watch that one. Uh, if one comes out with good reviews, I'll be interested in it. Okay. It's just it's just I, Hamlet. It depends. The Northman is mm. just Hamlet. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. But I also really didn't enjoy my experience watching The Witch. That's true too. I don't know. That's true. I'm oh you're like for one half for of one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh one one is the record right now, so we'll see how it turns out. Okay. And final question. Would you have rather watched Wolf Cup? Oh <laughs> Marcus, honestly, I think I would have even though I like I think I would have rather watched Wolf <laughs> Nice. <laughs> but that's not the question we get for next week, because next week we are watching your suggestion of Chainsaw Man. That's right. You guys decided on patreon.com slash now try this cast that you wanted us to watch the first four episodes, uh, at least of Chainsaw Man. If, if you want to influence the tries for next month, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash now try this cast. Join the community. You only have to do a dollar to join the community and you get that voting power, that sweet, sweet voting power to decide what we do and guys you can follow us everywhere at now try this cast join the conversation let us know what you think let us know what if you would like more something different we are here to listen i'm nick that's marcus and this was now try this guys thank you so much for joining us you guys are the absolute best we love you remember to go out there and try some things good night good night They have a nice lighthouse poster from Display. You know that metal poster? The light is so bright. The lighthouse shines through me and gives me a fright. This is a spooky Halloween song for the lighthouse. (laughs) yeah you're welcome you're just trying to make my job easy to give me something to put at the end of the episode i appreciate it i guess i don't have to think about it now i mean what else would what else might talk about me looking fat in the mirror today like what else i guess that's going in thank you so much